Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. Now, two full hours. More Reese means more coffee. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It's Saturday, March the 7th, 2020, 7.07 on your Saturday morning. I am Reese Boyd, local attorney here in town with the firm of Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law. I'm your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. Welcome to the show. It's Saturday Morning Coffee. We invite you to sit down, pour yourself a cup of your favorite coffee, and join us as we talk about the news, current events, what's happening in your world, all the things that we think you need to know. Here at Saturday Morning Coffee, we're all about several things. We love great conversation. We love interesting topics. We love uh, to stay abreast of what's happening in the news, what's happening in the world, and we, we love a good debate, so we hope you'll... Participate in the program, but we're all about standing up for lower taxes, limited government, because smaller government and lower taxes means more freedom for you and me and all of us who are we the people. Here at Saturday Morning Coffee, we're also about demanding transparency and accountability from our elected officials. Elected officials because at least once upon a time, they called it public service. Never forget that your elected officials work for you, not the other way around. And they're spending your money, and in some cases, your children's money and your grandchildren's money. So the least you can expect from them is transparency and accountability for every dollar that your government spends. Last but not least here at Saturday Morning Coffee, we love to talk about great coffee because nothing wakes us up on Saturday morning like a great cup of coffee. And life is too short to drink bad coffee. Speaking of great coffee, I've already gotten the hand signal from our producer extraordinaire that there's some great coffee brewing on the other side of the glass. Uh, Mr. Producer, what are you brewing this morning? Uh, well, actually, did you see how big the cup is? You had the, the you had the mucho is... you had the mucho gusto you had the jumbo size yeah going. and I did the uh, the Starbucks French roast. But Grande at the Starbucks is just not big enough for Saturday morning coffee. Oh, no. No, you, we're into the second cup hour. You, yeah, with that got, second cup hour, yeah. we really have to have a, you know, I do run out sometimes before the end of your show. You've got the uh, you've got the interstate, uh, you know, cup holder uh, magnum opus four cup <laughs> that is edition. A, from, I bet that from, thing holds like eight cups yeah, of coffee. You, you could swim in that thing. <laughs> you got the cement pond right there. That's what you've got. So... That's uh, and what are you what are you drinking this morning? Starbucks? Yeah, Starbucks French yeah. roast, but at home, yeah. you know. It, it Starbucks it always cracks me up. It's not a small, it's a tall. Yeah. Yeah, I like a tall. No, it's not tall, it's tiny. It's it's a Mike it's a Mike Bloomberg edition and it lasts just about to the time you get to the door. So <laughs> And it's not a large, it's a grande. It's a grande. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My um, my daughter says, "Dad, I want a venti pink drink." I'm like, "Do you know how much sugar <laughs> is in a venti pink drink?" Uh, it sounds great, but venti is like enough for three days. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we um, that, ladies and gentlemen, is the smooth and mellifluous mm-hmm. voice of our producer extraordinaire, Mr. Glenn Dye. Very happy guy, buddy. Happy, Very guy, happy guy, happy guy, Glenn Dye. You doing okay this morning? Awesome. Now, I heard you got some plans this weekend. Yes, we are going to take in the Alabama Theater this evening for the one show. The one show. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. And, you know, speaking of coffee, Glenn, a little bit of coffee news this morning. We have a, and I'm a creature of habit. 
And uh, if I have a coffee pot that uh, makes, we've got, you know, we've got the Nespresso. You and I have talked about Nespresso, but we have a new coffee pot in the Boyd household. We have a new coffee maker, I should say. I'm being a little bit uh, uh, casual here. The new coffee maker, and it's uh, it's neat. It's an Italian uh, coffee maker, and it has... A drip coffee maker on the left-hand side. It's a brand I wasn't really familiar with, Bioretta or something uh, to that effect. Sounds expensive. Uh, no, actually, it was, it was actually very reasonable. It, I have a client who, uh, I have, it's funny, I have a client in the retail business, and uh, we were at his store, and um, and I said, man, that's a nice coffee maker. And he, he looked at me, and he said, you like the coffee maker? I said, yeah, I like the coffee maker. He said, take the coffee maker. Oh. So, uh, so it's funny. We, <laughs> we needed a coffee maker. But I, I'm a, as I was saying, I'm a creature of habit. Right. And we have this little Cuisinart drip coffee. And, you know, I love the Nespresso. But, you know, for me, ultimately, the, my favorite cup of coffee is just my fresh ground right. drip, drip coffee. And so, but I've hesitated to replace it. Because it makes coffee the way I like it. it, there it you makes, go. For me, it makes a perfect cup of coffee. Right. Well, the thing looks like it came over on Noah's Ark. <laughs> so I mean, it just my wife finally just said, "Look, this thing's got to go." So we went out looking for a new coffee pot. We have a new coffee maker at the house. It's a Bioretta, whatever. And it, but it's neat. It's got a drip coffee on the left, and on the right, it's got the Keurig. Yeah. So, yeah. or or it's not a Keurig, but it's it accepts a single cup. A single cup. That's what I have. Yeah. Yeah. And so, if you just want to like late at night, which mm-hmm. I often do, we'll instead of making a whole pot, I'll just do the the Keurig side. Well, you're doing decaf at night. No, I I Whoa. I go I go caffeine. No, I tell you what, that would keep me tossing and turning <laughs> all night. I kind of have a rule after four p.m. I'm not really taking in any caffeine. It yeah. will keep me up all night. It's a mental thing. I just I've never enjoyed drinking uh, decaf coffee. Well, Nespresso is a great machine, and I was notified by Carol, who keeps an eye on the uh, the trends. Uh, QVC has a great price right now on that Nespresso at 159 bucks, and it's over 300 dollars worth of value. I think they include like 52 pods, oh, wow. something like that. Yeah. And when you look at the price of an espresso pod you're paying about a dollar ten to brew it at home yeah and it is expensive but yeah. she's found a way to do it uh at home and reuse the pods and um yeah you makes it a lot that. cheaper yeah you mentioned that I'm, yeah. I'm sure that makes it a lot cheaper the yeah. the pods we get the pods i found someplace on amazon through amazon where we get our pods and they're a, a little bit cheaper uh but not much right they're still a, it's still an expensive hey but it's an cup excellent cup of coffee, cup of coffee. It is good. It and is you know good. your your friend Stuart, um who has a show on later this afternoon yes. he bought a new coffee maker and mm-hmm. it came with a european plug a he european has to plug. have a 220 volt plug to plug it into <laughs> so he'd have we've, to have like an electrician yeah, come and we've got to call call an electrician get a whole new circuit <laughs> or, or he's brewing it in the laundry room next to the dryer oh that's hilarious <laughs> that is good stuff yeah that's um that's funny i, I they they probably uh, meant to ship him an american model and shipped him a european model yeah, but, good but anyway good stuff good stuff so yeah we're enjoying fresh coffee from a new brewer and uh we'll uh, we'll see how that works out but it's fun stuff uh speaking of which my espresso i i guess I, I talk coffee with my clients because my Nespresso machine also came from a client. I had a client that was working in a coffee shop and she was like, oh, dude, you got to try this Nespresso. Yeah. And so I said, I've, I've, I mean, other than knowing that I don't like George Clooney, yeah. I haven't really, you know, I haven't really, I haven't experienced the, the, the Nespresso experience. And she said, come into the shop. So she, we wanted, we went into the shop and, and uh, this was a couple of years ago. She made us an Nespresso and she said, you need one to take home. She said, no, I'll give you the employee discount. So we, we got a, we got the employee discount and we got hmm. our Nespresso. But, so you're George Clooney. Uh, that's because you uh, lean right and he leans so far left, right? Oh, you know, yeah. I, I just love me some George Clooney now. He's, I mean, he and I see eye to eye politically on just about everything. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, bet. Yeah, we do. <laughs>
Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that's uh, your coffee talk for this Saturday morning. It is Saturday morning coffee after all, and we have to start the day with a little bit of coffee talk. Uh, we also invite you to join the discussion by calling, texting, tweeting, or emailing your comments. We'd love to get your feedback. We appreciate your participation in the program. I had some great comments this week, some calls from listeners. Had a couple of listeners call my office. Always great uh, to hear from y'all. Bumped into a couple of listeners. I'll get to that. Got a little story behind that coming up in the uh, show. But you can call in, uh, participate with us, 903-2945 is the call-in line. That's area code 843. You can text your comments to 843-798-8255. That's 798-TALK. You can tweet me at, at Reese Boyd. We encourage you guys to follow the show on social media. The Twitter handle is at Reese Boyd. You can email your comments to SMC at gmail.com. So we invite you guys to uh, join the discussion, participate. We've got a great show coming up. Got a couple of guests in the studio today, and we'll be back after these words from our sponsors. We're going to meet with uh, Ben Powell. Ben's going to talk to us a little bit about some flooding questions. And uh, a little bit later in the show, we're going to be hearing from John Goldman, who is uh, running for the Senate, uh, South Carolina Senate District 33. So good, great show coming up. We hope you guys will stick around. We'll be right back with more Saturday Morning Coffee. Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, is now two full hours. More Reese coming up next on Talk 94.5. Station in this station. Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Welcome back to the show. 7.20 on your Saturday morning, Saturday, March 7, 2020. Really hard to believe that it's March. Where did February go, Glenn? It went quick, didn't it? We had 29 days, and they're all gone. You see all the azaleas are starting to bloom? I know. It's starting to feel like spring. Yeah, and with this warm-up this weekend, we're going to start seeing our grasses uh, turn green again and uh, stuff popping up out of the ground. I mean... Man, we're looking by Wednesday, 74 degrees and I know. Sweet. I'm ready. I'm ready for a little drying out. I'm ready for a little warming up. I'm ready for spring. Yeah. The pollen's already in full bloom oh, yeah. here, man. I, I, I can do without some of the pollen, but spring yeah. is uh, spring is my favorite uh, time of year. So. Yeah. Welcome back, folks, to Saturday Morning Coffee. Thanks for joining us for your Saturday morning as we help you wake up, get your day going off on the right foot. We expressly want you to start your day on the right foot because if you start it on the right foot, you'll have a better Saturday, a better weekend. As we were talking before the show, we invite you to join in the discussion. Feel free to call us with your comments, questions, 843-903-2945 is the call-in number. The PCRX text line where you can text your comments is 843-798-TALK. That is 843-798-8255. And you can tweet me. Don't forget to tweet me and follow the show on Twitter. The Twitter handle is at Reese Boyd. That's R-E-E-S-E-B-O-Y-D. You can also follow us on Facebook. Search for Saturday Morning Coffee on Facebook. You can email your comments 
to reeseboydsmc at gmail.com. I heard from a few of you this week, and I am repeating myself. I did this just before the break, but one of the comments I got this week was, please announce the call-in letters or numbers uh, more often. So I'm doing that. See, you guys call in with your suggestions, and we try to please. We aim to please here at Saturday Morning Coffee. Again, I'm Reese Boyd, local attorney here in town with the firm of Davis and Boyd and your part-time radio host. I am your guide and your narrator on our excursion into broadcast. Excellent. We do our best here at Saturday Morning Coffee not only to entertain but to enlighten you and help make you a better citizen of the republic. Got to start this week, Glenn, with a uh, little clip from our friends over at MSNB Hee Haw. I know you guys have probably heard the clip, but I mean, it's just worth playing. I could play it. It's like the other clip I got for y'all today is uh, I could play it again and again. It was better than cats. I could play it again and again. Better than cats? Yeah. You don't remember that old expression? No, I just heard that the movie that came out was a big flop. Yeah, the movie movie was a flop, but Cats the Musical was on Broadway for like forever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. From the time I was born until like the time I was, you know, uh, in high school. Yeah, I don't like, know. Lion know. King's got a ways to go to catch up with oh, cats. Oh, man. And so for the longest time, you know, the, the funny expression, uh, it may not be funny anymore, but it was funny then, was it was better than cats. I would see it again and again. They used to say that on Saturday Night Live. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, uh, uh, there was a funny clip on MSNB Hee Haw where Brian uh, Williams, y'all may remember Brian Williams. Brian Williams was once... Uh, uh, media mogul, my he was, favorite. He was the anchor. He was the you know. And I, listen, I like Brian Williams. I read I've read things about Brian Williams. Brian Williams, a volunteer firefighter. Right. You may not know that. I did not know that. And Brian Williams, at least at one point, was a volunteer firefighter. I got respect for anybody who jump into a burning building for their neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, having said that, <laughs> Brian had some uh, apparently some uh, some truth uh, issues. <laughs> uh, apparently, he told a story on the air. I forget the details, but I think it was something along the lines that he and Hillary Clinton were. Pinned pin down that, by yeah. sniper fire in yeah. Central America trying to rescue some hostages, and yeah. he took some shrapnel. It was, uh, you know, something to that effect. And <laughs> anyway, it was—I think it was a joint effort by Hillary and uh, and uh, and and uh, Mr. Williams to uh, to uh, to ensconce themselves in the uh, in, in the in the history books. But nonetheless, it it just wasn't true. And anyway, though, so, he was number one at the time. That NBC oh, yeah. Nightly News Brian, was number one, and he fell help, fell from grace real quick. Brian Williams was the man. Yeah, and, he really uh, was. And uh, so, and, and it's just funny. It's you know, it's funny to me. One of the things that modern uh, history teaches, and the Me Too movement teaches, is you're never unassailable. Uh, and mm-hmm. we should all know this already. But you never get to a point in life where you are. Uh, indefensible you know right. it's uh, or or unassailable i should say but yeah. anyway brian had a little issue so he is now they did not fire him but they did exile him to uh, msnb <laughs> hee-haw where he has a show uh i think it's daily it's i think it's called 11th hour but there's a, yeah. a little clip he got into a discussion with mara gray who is uh an editorial board member for the new york times no less you know what they would have you believe is the paper of record for the western world uh, or the world They're, they'd be wrong but that's what they would have you believe and uh, anyway play that little uh, interaction if you would uh, mr producer all righty but you see it as a possibility if he wants to spend a billion bucks beating this guy he could do it absolutely um, somebody tweeted recently that um, actually with the money he spent, he could have given every American a million dollars. I got it. Let's put it up yeah. on the screen. It, when I read it, 
uh, tonight on social media, it kind of all became clear. Bloomberg spent 500 million on ads, U.S. population 327 million. Uh, don't tell us if you're ahead of us on the math. He could have given each American one million dollars. Oh, we're ahead of you. Lunch money left over. <laughs> we're we're ahead of you, Brian. It's an incredible way of putting it. Yeah, we're, it's an incredible yeah, way we're, of putting it. It's true. It's disturbing. It does. It does suggest. You know what we're talking about here, which is there, there's too much money in politics, uh, <laughs> and it makes it difficult because what we want—it's also incredibly wrong. Um, <laughs> the tweet they're referring to <laughs> is, of course, and of course, Bloomberg has spent 500 million on ads. That that much is true. Uh, the uh, but the end result is he could not give every American a million dollars. You know, if you got 500 million. Uh, it's pretty obvious if you want to give a million dollars to everybody, you give 500 people a million dollars and you're out of money. That's the math. 500 million, 500 people. I I think they meant to say a dollar. I mean, what the heck? It it works out to about a buck and a half. (laughs) It works out to about a buck and a half, a little less than a buck. It's anyway, but there's 327 million. So it must be, you know, I I would say it was common core, you know, the new math catching up with us. But, you know, I would hope Brian would, was, I think Brian's a little older than that. Well, but. I tell you, Bloomberg could have got a lot of votes if he gave every American a million dollars. <laughs> there have been a lot of people if, voting if, for him. Yeah, if he could have given every American a million dollars, I think I would have voted yeah, for him. Exactly. It. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So that's yeah. – uh, and these are the same people, uh, guys. And, and the, the tweet they were referring to, by the way, was uh, the brilliant analysis was by uh, – um, Makita Rivas, and whoever um, Makita Rivas is, I'm not sure, but clearly she's not a math major. And uh, so anyway, it's kind of an interesting little bit, but I just want to remind you guys, these are the same people, (laughs) the very same people who are telling you it's a good idea and want to bring you universal basic income. You know, these are the people who are doing the math for the likes of Bernie Sanders and Andrew Yang. And, uh, you know, one other interesting thing I'll say about our good friend uh, Mike Bloomberg is, uh, you know, he he has spent an incredible amount of money, over five hundred million at this point. As the, the ads alone, I think, have cost him five hundred million, and of course, his delegate count is negligible. And the interesting thing that uh, I was, uh, uh, I think his, I think his delegates, um, looking right now, I think his delegates, uh, only delegates come from American Samoa. I read somewhere that if Mike Bloomberg had just taken his money, Glenn, and not spent it on a presidential campaign, he Uh could have purchased American Samoa. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He could have purchased American Samoa if he had just uh, spent his money buying real estate and not uh, ads for a a presidential campaign that uh, didn't go anywhere. Mm. So interesting enough. But those are the folks that want to bring you universal uh, income. And uh, if you want to trust them with the math, go right ahead. But I I wouldn't (laughs) recommend it. So. Funny little tidbit. We've got some other tidbits coming up in the show. Also want to talk to you guys a little bit about, and we've got a special guest joining us here on Saturday Morning Coffee this morning. We've been talking on this show about um, the flooding issue uh, that we've been experiencing in town and um, the flooding along the the uh, intracoastal waterway in Saucus T has been an ongoing issue. So uh, we're going to be talking to uh, Ben Powell. Um, and that's coming up right after the break. But there's an interesting, um, uh, there's an interesting um, uh, situation. You know, the folks in, 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 in many parts of O'Ree County have uh, experienced more flooding uh, in the last five to six years than at any other point in time in my lifetime. And I've lived in other parts of the world at various times, but um, 
uh, what we've experienced in the last five to six years is truly historic. My, you know, my sister lives in uh, in the Rosewood area of Socrates. She's uh, they basically those folks in that neighborhood have been underwater or flooded uh, five times in the last six years. So. Uh, things going on. There's been a lot of attention given to it lately, and we'll be uh, having a discussion after the break with uh, Ben Powell. Ben's a friend of mine. We'll uh, talk to Ben. Ben's a, uh, a very knowledgeable guy, and I think you'll enjoy hearing from him. I've enjoyed talking to Ben about it. But that'll be coming up right after the break. Uh, we'll be talking to Ben, so stick with us. Uh, we'll be right back with more Saturday Morning Coffee. Text us, 843-798-TALK. Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. Liz Calloway here for PCMatic. Association at this station. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour, two full hours on Talk 94.5. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee. I am Reese Boyd, your host. Welcome back to the show. 7.34 on your Saturday morning. We are Rebels Just for Kicks here at Saturday Morning Coffee. Been feeling it for a while. Not quite since 1966, but we've been fe- we've been feeling it for quite a while. Um, as I was uh, talking just before the break we've been we've been following this flooding issue in uh Ory county which has been uh, another uh problem recently recent story here courtesy of the myrtle beach herald the fine folks over at my Ory news said uh, interviewed a gentleman in in the cycus area that we were just talking about said jim Fraboni plods through his floodwaters in his ruined star creek circle home nearby do- do- dogs yelk as they scurry across make shift walkways of plywood and cement blocks like many others in the neighborhood this socus t residence home has been rehabbed many times over the last several floods in the last five years including the 2018 flooding related to hurricane florence for uh, this resident catastrophe is becoming customary it's depressing he said i'm 70 years old and I can't do it the way I used to. And it goes on to say local flooding began in Ori communities like Sakastee as a result of heavy rainfall that we've experienced in uh, locally and in North Carolina. Of course, uh, as we'll get to with our guest, uh, you know, we, we live in a watershed that drains a fairly large area. And so many rivers, as you all know, flow through uh, various basins. And everything ultimately has got to get to the same sink, which is the Atlantic, and get out through the uh, Black and the Waccamaw and into the Winyaw Bay and out to the Atlantic. And there's nowhere else. Well, I may be wrong. Let me just stop there. But uh, that's where most of it's got to go. Many impacts along the Intracoastal Waterway came from Great PD River flooding, which was caused, which has caused the Waccamaw and the waterway to back up. 
uh, floodwaters have spilled into yards, homes, including uh, f- uh, including Fabronis um, in the Bridge Creek community located off Sockestead, also in other communities in the area that have been uh, affected by this flooding. And again, I think what everybody's so concerned about is the is the repeated uh, aspect of this that we that we're now seeing in recent years, which has uh, got us all sort of scratching our heads and wondering what to do. Uh, y'all may have heard that uh, Governor, excuse me, well, the governor created a floodwaters commission um, last year. That commission has been work doing some some work and study. Then uh, more recently, here locally, uh, Chairman Gardner, Ory County Council Chairman Johnny Gardner, has created a uh, authorized the creation of a subcommittee. Uh, to study the flooding issue, and and they are just beginning uh, that process. And so we've all been sort of, uh, and it's gotten a lot of attention. Y'all may have heard the group uh, Ori Rising and its uh, work on Facebook, and uh, they've been uh, advancing this issue, trying to raise public awareness of the flooding that so many of us are dealing with in this community. So we've been trying to learn. I've been trying to learn. Always want to figure out what's going on. It occurred to me that there were a lot of people saying things, with a lot of confidence on Facebook. Sometimes the confidence didn't always appear to be uh, solid, uh, well-founded, let's put it that way. A lot of people have strong opinions, and in, uh, in all cases, it doesn't always appear that there's a great deal of uh, knowledge to back up some of those opinions. But <laughs> yeah. nonetheless, so I always try to go out and find people who know, and one of the people I uh, I thought to call is my good friend Ben Powell, who's joining us uh, here in the studio. Welcome, Ben. Good morning, Reese. How you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for it. You're a, uh, you, you, made the, you made the long hike all the way across the county from Ainer this morning, didn't you? That's right, and yeah. it was a beautiful morning. We finally got two days of sun in a row. Oh, mm-hmm. man, and I plan on, uh, I plan on getting out. Uh, you want to come? You want to join us at, out at the Hulk this afternoon? We're going to be doing some uh, mountain biking at the Hulk Mountain Bike Trail this afternoon. Sounds like fun, but I think my wife is dragging me antiquing. Oh, wow. Well, I, don't want, I certainly don't want to interrupt. <laughs> Another man's opportunity to go antiquing, let me not interfere with that. But, uh, and, uh, yeah, if any of you, our, our listeners want to join us, we'll be out at the trail after lunch riding the uh, Hulk Mountain Bike Trail. You guys have heard me talk about that. But, uh, Ben, I, I always, I've enjoyed talking to you. You, uh, you and I actually have known each other for a while, but we met on the, uh, what I like to call the Bataan Death March. Um, <laughs> yeah. we, we were on a... We were on a uh, hiking trip on the Appalachian Trail, uh, and or, we have the scars to prove it. Yeah, <laughs> we have the scars to prove it. But you, um, you uh, tell the tell the folks uh, who you are and your background, and and uh, why would I have thought to call Ben Powell to talk about flooding? What's your what's your background? Sure. First and foremost, I'm a Wardy County resident, mm-hmm. and uh, I've been concerned about the flooding because you know my friends and neighbors are, have been experiencing very serious issues. Um, but I guess I kind of come at this with some education. I, I for years was an extension natural resources agent for the region yeah and uh, most of my programming dealt with things like forestry wildlife and especially wetlands yeah because yeah. that's that's a hottest topic in this part of the world oh sure and I, and I just want to clarify, you're not speaking today on behalf of Clemson University or any organization. You're just Ben Powell, friend of the show, and these are just— That's right. Yeah, yeah. I've since taken a new position, but, I, you know, like I said, my friends and neighbors have experienced flooding. This is personal to me, and when I hear some of the, the suggestions for how to deal with it, it gets me a little concerned about, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, where we're going to go with this. Well, I want to say this on your behalf, and this is why I called you to be on the show. I've talked to quite a few people about this issue because it is critically important. I don't know that there's anything— going on in this county at the moment that we have to respond to this more important frankly and getting getting a handle on this and we may not be able to do much about it but at least what we do we do smart and uh you were one of the most informative i enjoyed our conversation in in, in the sense of what i took away from it 
as much as I've talked to anybody else that I've talked to on the subject, and I've talked to quite a few people, and I thought our listeners would, would want to hear from you because you were, you just were extremely knowledgeable, and I and I enjoyed I enjoyed uh, talking to you, as I always do. But um, give me your, your take on ob- – the obvious question is why. Why are we experiencing suddenly – for those of us like you, I've lived here most of my life, not all my life, but most of my life. I grew up in Conway and lived here – you know, the majority of my life now. And, but I sense a real departure from the norm. Most of us are uneasy about it. We want to know why. What, what, what is your take on that? Well, we are in an abnormal period. That's for sure. The precipitation rates that we've gotten over the past few years are well above the average. Um, you know, a lot of folks have moved into this area over the past 10, 20, maybe 25 years. That's when real development really seemed to take off. Yeah. During that period, we were actually in a really dry period. Um, some of those years, we had extreme drought. In fact, I believe 2007 was the driest year on record. Yeah. So when folks moved into an area that's experiencing that kind of condition when it starts to get wet again it catches them off guard Um, and so the the conditions we're experiencing now are well above the average uh, when it comes to precipitation yeah i think you 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 mentioned even just recently we're we're well above for the year Did, did you that's right. Yeah. So in January and February, we were almost twice the amount of rainfall we normally get. Yeah. And I was just checking with NOAA, and they actually said that areas like Columbia, South Carolina, since de- December 1st, this is the wettest winter on record. Yeah. You know, and we didn't really have a, a hurricane or a tropical storm of any, you know, significance this year. Explain to uh, you and I had a conversation earlier, and you were telling me about the impact of the watershed. How big is the Waccamaw watershed? What 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 are the areas that we drain? Right, so the Waccamaw watershed, which starts as, uh, up at Lake Waccamaw in North Carolina, is a uh, Blackwater River that's just along the coast. It's actually a relatively small watershed, but it is part of a larger river basin, the Great PD uh, River Basin, sure. which actually gets started all the way up in Virginia and c- courses down through the middle of North Carolina and ultimately ends up here at the coast in Georgetown. Yeah. Um, it is the third largest watershed on the east coast so so water that is flooding your neighbor's house in Socrates may have actually fallen to the ground in Virginia oh yeah that's yeah. right in North yeah. Carolina and there's yeah. actually some dams on the river up there so the way they manage water in the upper half of the watershed really has great impacts on us down here in the bottom half of the watershed sure. and, th- and there's been some discussion about some release yeah, some releases out I'm, of a, out of a dam. I, I don't know any. I don't, yeah, I'm not really sure all the details there, but what I do know is that there are some impacts, and you can see the river rise and fall when, and it doesn't seem to necessarily relate directly to precipitation. Yeah, um, we also communicate with the Santee, um, mm-hmm. which a lot of folks don't realize that the Santee River, which comes down through Columbia again wettest winter on record yeah. actually comes down and the intercoastal waterway communicates with winter winyaw bay yeah. so the santee river actually has some influence on the waccamaw and the pd because of that confluence yeah what, what i've heard a lot of different proposals some some people are saying let's just dredge the intracoastal let's dredge the waccamaw let's dredge all these waterways is, is dredging going to help solve this problem no it's not and it might actually make things worse um the reason why i say that is because you dredge a river you make the river deeper you don't lower the water level because the level of the water in the river is determined by the water table it's mm-hmm. determined by the water that's in the ground in the watershed. Yeah. So if you dig a hole deeper, all you do is make the river deeper. You just you don't drop the water level. Yeah. And so you know, some people say, well, maybe if we dredge it, the water will move out faster. The problem is if the Big PD River and the level in the Big PD River is de- controlling our flooding in the Waccamaw, well, 
if you dredge the Waccamaw River, that water's just going to move and hit that wall of water that's the Big Petey River. It's got nowhere to go. So actually, by dredging and dragging the Waccamaw River, you may move water faster through the Waccamaw River and send it down to areas like Socastee, Bucksport, and some of these other areas faster and might actually make the flooding worse. Hmm. Interesting. Because a lot of people, you know, and, and I've always been, it, it's my understanding that the intracoastal obviously was built as a navigable transportation waterway, but it doesn't. It wasn't built for drainage. Right. That's not the purpose of it. And of course, you know, sometimes when I'm on it, it's, it, it, it doesn't look like it's doing much of, uh, in, a, in a drainage sense at all. Right. You know, it's, well, it, it doesn't move a lot. I'm not opposed to dredging the intracoastal waterway because it needs to be it, navigable. It, yeah, it does. Not because of how it manages yeah. stormwater. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting talk. We'll continue. Can you stick around after the break for a few more minutes? Yeah, we'll be right back with more Saturday morning coffee right after these words from our sponsors. Don't leave town. Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, and more coming up next on Talk 94.5. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours, two full hours on Talk 94.5. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee. A little black coffee in bed. Hope you're up enjoying uh, a little fresh brewed coffee this morning. Something good. Tell us, uh, text us. Tell us what you're, I'm checking out the text lines. We got a few texts Mm -hmm. this morning. Um, Thanks for uh, checking in, Albert. Thanks for checking in, Jeff, uh, the guitar builder. Appreciate you guys uh, listening. And uh, Jeff's already lost count of what number uh, cup. He's on this morning, but uh, thanks for chiming in, guys, on the text line. Uh, talking to Ben Powell this morning. Ben is a friend of mine. Uh, uh, done some hiking on the Appalachian Trail. Actually met Ben on a trip I uh, uh, lovingly refer to as the Batan Death March. And uh, well, we've had some uh, fun on the Appalachian Trail. And uh, Ben's a former Clemson uh, extension agent. Still works for Clemson. He's a Clemson specialist, but he has been an extension agent in the past. Knows uh, a lot about issues related to uh, the outdoors and and watershed management and things of that sort. And I just really enjoyed talking to Ben. Thought you guys would love to hear from him, so we invited him into the studio this morning. He's been joining us on the show. Welcome back, Ben. Hey, thanks. Thanks again for joining us. Now, we were talking about the problem. Ben, I had a question. What What is the, you know, we talked about dredging and some other ideas that have been proposed to uh, solve the problem and how that may actually may not help, may actually may make it worse potentially. But what do you think, um, <clears throat> what are the solutions if there, if there are solutions? Um, you know, what, what do you suggest we look at? Where should we, where should we be focusing our attention? Ultimately, I guess what it is, is we need to give nature room to do her thing. Um, and what I mean by that is, uh, for a while now, we've been developing the watershed, and, and that has some impacts due to, with stormwater. I mean, more impervious cover is going to generate more runoff, and mm-hmm. so you do get surges. But the biggest issue is that we've allowed development to go right up to the edge of the wetlands. And, and folks, I don't think, really understand what a wetland is and how it functions. 
See, so let's talk about that real quick. Sure. So what a wetland is is basically where the groundwater gets so close to the surface that it changes what kind of vegetation grows there. Yeah. So it's where the groundwater meets the surface. Well, if we allow a home or a resident or a development to build right to the edge of the wetland, that means that they're right at the edge of the average high watermark. Average high watermark, not peak high watermark. Yeah. So when we get wet periods, such sure. as a series of years of wet conditions, water's going to come up and out of the wetland. That's just the way it is. You know, it's not there often enough to change the kind of vegetation, but it's there enough to get into a house or a yard or somebody's uh, property. Um, and that happens infrequently, but typically the way nature works, well, if you talk to any of the surfers out there, they always say sets come in threes. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is that nature ebbs and flows and cycles. So when we get wet periods, it's not just a one-time event. It's going to yeah. be a series of years. What we've been seeing over the uh, past few years is that the Gulf of Mexico has been much warmer than it has in the past. And what that means is that there's a lot more humidity, moisture in the air across the southeastern United States. That's why our winters have been so mild over the past few years. Well, more moisture in the wintertime has put more uh, precipitation on the ground, and that's got our watersheds full of water. The wetlands are full, and when they get full, they spill over. And uh, that's the problem we're dealing with right now. So the solution is, going forward, to move development away from the wetlands, give nature space to do her thing. Um, So I don't know how the county can deal with this. If there's ordinance they could pass on development where they basically say no development within a buffer zone of a wetland, not Mm -hmm. just right to the edge of the wetland, Uh, give a few feet of elevation. Um, Another thing I think that we really need to consider is how we develop. And what I mean by that is the best way to manage stormwater Mm -hmm. is not to ditch it, pipe it, and move it out as fast as possible. Because all you're doing is putting the problem somewhere else. What you need to do is slow water down and spread it out. And this is an odd concept, you know, the idea of spreading water out. That means everybody's going to be affected, right? Well, actually, no. What, What it means is, well, Napoleon would say this. The, the battle is best fought on the high ground, right? Yeah. By the time the water makes it to the river, it's too late to manage. What yep. we need to do is manage the water on the hill in the neighborhood. So we reduce density, uh, reduce impervious cover, provide more green space for infiltration, and Lord knows, quit cutting down trees. Yeah. A tree is able to pump 50 to 100 gallons of water a day. And that allows the ground in the uplands to basically put all that water back in the atmosphere rather than forcing it out to the river. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think stronger tree ordinances, I think more preservation of natural areas and natural landscape is going to be the best way to deal with, with stormwater in the future. Yeah. And another question I have, and this just occurs to me, and I don't know what your thoughts are on this. Are there things that we can do that we can encourage and this may be a federal solution. Maybe we need to get Tom Rice in here and talk to him. But are there things that we can encourage communities further up in the watershed to do that would that would help us? Because, you know, one of the issues is, like you said, once the water gets down to the river. But another thought I have is once the water gets down to the Waccamaw, right. it may not be the time 
or, or the intercoastal. It may not be the time to deal with it. Maybe the time to deal with it is when it's moving through North Carolina. Well, that's right. And so that's why Winyaw Rivers Foundation and the Waccamaw Riverkeeper have been so heavily involved with this. Because really, you know, our municipality boundaries are not where the water stops. It sure. goes right across. And so really all the municipalities in the watershed need to get on the same page. They need to be discussing these issues because those of us downstream have to deal with ha- what happens upstream. Sure, absolutely. Mother, Mother Nature does not care about lines on a map. That's right. That's she, right. She flows uh, downhill. She get, Water goes downhill, <laughs> and it doesn't care about a line on a map. Well, Ben, I just want to thank you for coming in today. Appreciate your time and your uh, expertise. You've been working these issues for many years, and you've had a lot of experience uh, in the in in the outdoors and and in the watershed. And we just appreciate you sharing that with our listeners. And uh, if you learn more and you want to share, let me know. You're always welcome to come back anytime. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks for the opportunity. All right, good to have you. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> ben Ben Powell, folks, great American and uh, and a knowledgeable uh, Clemson University asset. He's out there working for you guys, uh, doing lots of uh, great things through Clemson. And uh, good luck to him. And uh, thanks again for coming in, Ben. Want to get to um, a few other things here on the uh, show today. Got uh, a couple of items that I wanted to share with y'all. First of all, I wanted to give a shout out to um, our friends. Um, we had uh, a special event uh, this week I wanted to share with you guys that uh, was done by a group called um, uh, O'Ri Republicans for O'Ri. And uh, it's an interesting uh, group of folks that are uh, getting together to talk about uh, Republican principles and things that are uh, happening um, in the you know in the political space and how we um, how we should deal with that with those issues and interestingly enough um, that discussion is needed uh, I was asked to speak but I want to give a shout out to uh, Augie Savello uh, and and his wife Maureen they were out at the event uh, Republicans for Ori had a, had an event at the tavern. Uh, in Carolina Forest, and uh, just a great discussion of Republican uh, values is is what there was not a campaign event. There were no candidates there, and we had a great talk about what it means to be a Republican. And the folks uh, at uh, Republicans for O'Ree, uh, this independent group, um, uh, contacted me and asked me to come speak about what it means to be a Republican. And I I had uh, a bit of an epiphany this week, folks, and I thought I would share that with you. But I want to give. Uh, uh, Augie and Maureen, a shout out. They are loyal listeners to the program. And so I met them at the event and we talked about uh, uh, how they enjoy the show. And I appreciate them listening in. And hopefully they're listening this morning and they and they hear the shout out. But it's always great to meet you guys out and about, uh, whether it's um, at work or at some uh, social event or some political event. And to have folks say that they're listening and that they enjoy the show. Really appreciate that very much. I really do appreciate you guys listening. But it was a, an interesting event. They asked me to come speak about what it means to be a Republican. And I, that's an interesting question if you haven't thought about it um, much. And we'll get to that. We'll talk about that after the break. We'll talk about uh, what are our values? What are Republican values? And what does it mean to be a Republican? So thanks again to Ben Powell for joining us in the studio. We'll be right back with more Saturday morning coffee. Don't leave town. Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. That's great, it starts with an earthquake, birds and snakes, an airplane, Lenny Bruce is not afraid. 
Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee. The, you're in the second cup hour, the bonus second cup hour of Saturday Morning Coffee. Welcome back to the show. See, that's why I brought a bigger cup today, Reese. That's I why still you, have coffee, buddy. That's why you got your bigger cup. Yeah. This is the bonus uh, second cup hour. And uh, we're uh, it's the end of the world as you know it. That's our uh, great time for a coronavirus update. And uh, confirmed current cases in the United States now at 276 and 14 deaths. And um, But the good news is we are still an island um, that is coronavirus-free. I'm referring to the state of South Carolina. The, uh, the states around us are all reporting uh, coronavirus cases. That includes uh, North Carolina, Georgia, Florida. And, of course, the bulk of the cases are in California and Washington. That's where all the deaths have been reported. But um, the uh, state of South Carolina, as of uh, last night and early this morning, uh, still a coronavirus-free island of sanctity here in the midst of a southeast, uh, uh, not epidemic, but a, a few cases there's most recent data I have from uh, NBC on the update page is one case in North Carolina, one case in Tennessee, two cases in Georgia, and four cases in Florida. Um, and um, so we, we remain, uh, thank you, Lord, coronavirus-free, and I'm sure we'll have cases. Uh, but, folks, it is not the end of the world as we know it. Uh, we're playing that song with, uh, of course, some tongue-in-cheek um, intent. want to remind you guys that 30 to 50,000 folks pass annually as a result of just good old plain flu. And uh, coronavirus thus far is uh, nothing uh, close to that, not even remotely close to that. The president has requested $2.8 billion for research support and antivirus development for coronavirus. And the, um, and the speaker has added uh, another $5 billion plus or minus for unrelated pet projects. So, hmm, wonder what's going on there. And uh, also wanted to note that South Korea, which has a uh, health system essentially on par with ours, uh, has reported 250,000 coronavirus cases thus far. So a substantial pool, a statistically significant pool of cases. And at this point, they are at less than a 1% uh, death rate. You keep hearing about a death rate between 2 and 3%, um, but it looks to be Uh, sorting itself out to be significantly lower uh, in South Korea. And uh, the 2 to 3% rate appears to include various countries, which are uh, third world countries that are just not equipped uh, to handle uh, this sort of threat. So don't uh, don't fall prey to the hype. Um, Be prepared. I'm not ever going to tell you guys uh, not to prepare, but be prepared, be prudent, but don't panic. Um, It's not a panic situation. I would uh, encourage folks to be prepared to uh, uh, minimize social contact if it does get worse and and think about all the things that you can do that will do that. Uh, We've stopped shaking hands. We're doing the coronavirus fist pump uh, at at WTKN. But little things like that that you can do to help increase uh, your isolation uh, would be prudent, but there's no need to panic. And so um, just keep that in mind. There are um, now 80 cases that are confirmed uh, with the... um, with the uh, with the coronavirus and the uh, Grand Princess, the latest uh, cruise ship to suffer an outbreak, now has uh, 21, um, 21 uh, 
uh, cases uh, reported on board the Grand Princess. I'm not sure. Uh, not sure Carnival is uh, liking the coronavirus, uh, Glenn. I bet it's a great time to go on a cruise, though, if you don't yeah. have any money. If you don't, if you don't want to spend a lot of money and <laughs> yeah. you want to go on a Carnival cruise, particularly a Prince's cruise, I'm guessing <laughs> that you can get some pretty good deals right now. Yeah. Uh, personally, I would not set foot on a cruise ship. I actually the, have a friend that just set sail uh, yesterday on a uh, cruise, and I said you probably got a great deal, and you know, wash your hands, Purell, and. Good luck. I mean, if it's not if it's not <laughs> MERS or SARS, uh, you know, Corona. Uh, I yeah. mean, good luck. How was the How was the trip? Well, we like, four of us went, three of us came back, but it was a great trip. Those things are like huge petri dishes just floating in the uh, ocean. It's like a floating petri dish. <laughs> exactly. Liz, Liz Calloway told me she's going on a cruise. I'm like, you're going where? Yeah. You're doing what? You know, Sheldon from Big Bang Theory would never yeah. get on a cruise ship. No, it's like a no floating way. petri. And the funny thing is, you know, I mean, it's it, you know the 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 death rate. Uh, as we were just saying, overall it's quite low, but on the cruise ship, it's actually quite it's quite bad. Well, that's a lot of elderly people go yeah, on yeah. cruises, and you know uh, they want to see they want to see the world sure, still. They sure. know they're running out of time, and the cruise is a great way to do that. But man, the risk. So the coronavirus has helped to accelerate that process. I don't know what, if they gave me a cruise if I'd really want to go. I would not you know? step on a cruise ship right now. I certainly wouldn't step on a a prince's cruise yeah. ship right now. <clears throat> the love boat is uh, currently the uh, coronavirus uh, epidemic boat, but anyway, we'll, uh, we'll we won't say anything more about that. We don't want to we don't want to be too harsh. No, on no, our I'm... friends at Carnival Cruise Lines, but <clears throat> it is a situation where we think um, you know we, we have to remember not to panic, and um, and and that's the prudent the, the thing to do is to be prudent to prepare to the extent that you can, but not to panic. And uh, before the break, we were uh, talking about an event that was uh, happening this week here um, in Myrtle Beach where we had a little Republican gathering of folks that just wanted to talk about, um, you know, what what are Republican values, which I thought was, <clears throat> an, <clears throat> excuse me, an interesting exercise. The, the group called me, asked me to speak, to come speak on, you know, what does it mean to be a Republican? And uh, that's an interesting question. You know, the party that, uh, you know, the party, uh, the Ori County Party, uh, the official Republican Party of Ori County, has been sort of sidelined lately. They've gotten bogged down in some internal strife. Uh, we had a situation where we had two chairmen that, uh, that were elected as co-chairmen, and the, the chairmen haven't been able to get along, and it just, it's, it's frankly, it's kind of a, uh, a bit of a mess. But uh, somebody asked me, um, uh, you know, what, um, what I thought of all that and why I didn't spend more time uh, talking about it. And I said, well, you know, it just, all these allegations, financial irregularities, you know, we point them out. We, you know, Republicans, first and foremost, are about the rule of law. And so if you're going to be in an organization where people aren't being transparent, where they're not being accountable, then I'm just not going to participate. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to sit here and, and spend 40 hours on this show talking about all the shenanigans going on within the O'Ree County Republican Party. I've had some people call me and they say, you know, why don't you talk more about, you know, this person, this person not doing this and not showing checks and all that. I mean, you know, to quote, if, if we devoted a significant portion of airtime on this uh, radio program to that sort of nonsense, uh, the, the, the thing that would happen to our listening audience would be the same thing that happened to the number of people that have been going to O'Ree County Republican meetings. You know, it would be at 100 percent and then it would be at 50 percent. There was 100 people in the in the auditorium. Then there was 50 and then there was 20 and then there was 10. And then there was five people on stage and four people in the audience. And, you know, to I mean, it just it's just not 
fine. If you're going to run it into the ground, just run it into the ground. We'll come back later. And then to quote one of my favorite, um, to quote one of my favorite uh, uh, philosophers, uh, Glenn, ain't nobody got time for that. And uh, so we, um, we, 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 we move on with something uh, constructive. And so I'll um, leave it at that. But one of the things that happened because the uh, uh, Republican uh, Party not re- been real effective, we'll, we'll say lately. You, you see these various groups coming up. Um, are we at a break? Yeah. Oh my goodness, time's flying. So there's a, there's a new gro- a group that's uh, formed that um, is called Republicans for O'Re. So we got together, had a great conversation, and uh, I guess we'll get back to it after the break. But we had a great conversation about what it means to be a Republican. So. We've teased it twice. We'll get to it right after the break. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. You are listening to Saturday Morning Coffee. Don't leave town. Saturday Morning Coffee. Call the show at 843-903-2945. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour returns after these on Talk 94.5. You're listening to the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, Saturday morning coffee on Talk everybody welcome back to saturday morning coffee the reese boyd radio hour now with a free second cup hour uh you're into the second hour it's 8 20 on your saturday morning time is flying by in a few minutes we're going to be joined here in the studio by john gallman john is a candidate for the south carolina state senate senate district 33 primaries coming up uh in a few months and uh, john's uh, put his name in into contention for that race we'll be talking to him just before the break, we were speaking about a group that's been uh, formed in O'Ree County. They call themselves Republicans for O'Ree. Had the opportunity to speak to them uh, this week about what it means to be a Republican. Interesting discussion. And uh, wanted to share some thoughts with y'all. This is something we should all do. And this is one of the reasons this program exists, which is why are we uh, Republicans? What do we believe and what uh, does it mean to be a Republican? What are, our, what are our values? What are Republican values? By the way, you can find Republicans for O'Ree on Facebook by searching Republicans for O'Ree. Quite a following there on Facebook. Hope you'll uh, look for them and, and join uh, that uh, cause. Very interesting discussion happening online, though, about what it means to be a Republican. And I was, you know, we all... Um, the principles that we talk about every Saturday on this program, limited government, lower taxes, more freedom, uh, quite a few things I think we can all rally around. But it's a very interesting uh, discussion. And I was thinking about, you know, 
One of the things I went back to our, our governing documents and I you know encourage you guys to occasionally review these. And one of the things that I, you know, I have noticed is sometimes uh, we lose sight of how we got here. And that's, again, one of the reasons uh, this show exists. In fact, uh, sometimes even presidential candidates don't know how we got here. Glenn, have you, Mr. Producer, you got uh, clip uh, clip two, the Biden clip? Absolutely. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the go. You know the you know the thing. You know the thing. All men and women created <laughs> by, by God. Go. You know the you know the thing. You know the thing. You know the. Come on, Joe, Uncle Joe. You know the thing. Uh, we <laughs> all, all men were created. By... Let me, let, we we what what all women. You you know the thing. What <laughs> what. You know, Joe, Joe's not sure where he is, uh, by the way. Uh, <laughs> he could be in North Carolina. He could be in South Carolina. He could be in Vermont. He could be in New Hampshire. He really doesn't know. <laughs> you know, as, as anybody, we haven't even had a POTUS update. We really needed to do a POTUS update, but we'll probably get to that next week. But if anybody realized this, and I, I, will, I will say this, if Joe was your dad or your granddad, you would probably be taking the car keys away from him right about now. Oh, yeah, and I'd be writing Ohio or whatever on his hand yeah. so that he can't forget where he is. He won't forget. But obviously, uh, as I was thinking about what it means to be a Republican, I, you know, the first thing that I find, one, one of the things I find as an attorney, and this applies to many of us, you know, when you're making a speech, you know, John's going to join us. John's a politician. John's going to be making a lot of speeches. And I've run for office, and I'm an attorney, and so I do a lot of speaking, and I do a lot of speaking on this radio program. One of the things that I have learned is the most important words that come out of your mouth, some of the most important words that I say in a trial are the first two or three things that I say. And after that, everything that I say has got to be consistent with whatever foundation I've laid in the first two or three words that I said to whatever group I'm speaking to. And it has to all tie together. You know, you look at the Declaration of Independence. That's where it all began. And, of course, they say when in the course of human events, and they talk about basically what they're saying is when two people get a divorce, uh, the laws of nature and nature's God demand that they explain what they're doing. When two cultures, two, two, two uh, countries, whatever, two groups of people that have been intertwined get a divorce, and that's effectively what we were doing. We were declaring our independence. Uh, decency... The laws of nature and nature's God demanded that they explain what they were doing. And so what they said, Uncle Joe couldn't quite get it, but what Uncle Joe was grasping for and what they said in the very beginning was, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Y'all, we could spend this entire program unpacking that sentence. There is so much in there, but that's what we are about, and that's what a political party should be about. I believe I'm a Republican because I believe what Republicans do, one of the things that we do is preserve, protect, and defend all of the things that this country is and all the things that it has been and all the things that have made it great. If you have any delusion about whether or not you live in a great country, you should go back to the beginning, go back to the start, go back to the first words, the first things that were said. And it all started with a bunch of guys in Philadelphia at Independence Hall 
and the Declaration of Independence. And where did they start with? We hold these truths. These are truths. They're not suppositions. They're not opinions. They are truths. We hold these truths. We hold these truths to be self-evident. They are self-evident. What does it mean to be self-evident? Self-evident means they don't need explanation. We don't have to sit here and prove to you, as if you're a jury in a courtroom, that these things are true. They are self-evident. They speak for themselves. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That means we don't have to spend a lot of time proving to you that this is. We all come from the same page. We have the same frame of reference. We live in the same society. We face the same struggle. We get up in the, on, the, on essentially the same plot of land every day. We face the same battle. We know these truths to be self-evident. We are in this together. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. All men are created equal. By the way, they meant everybody when they said that. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. And I know there are some of you who are thinking, well, they they didn't really mean all. And listen, I I would ask you to consider this. When that document was written, there was no historical precedent for what was being done. And yes, it did take us 100 years or so to get to the point where all are, in fact, acknowledged as being created equal. And that was a painful process, but we did get there. And, and the high, that does not, nothing to undermine the noble ambition with which this country was created. Yes, it took us a while to get there in practice, but we got there. And um, we hold these truths to be self-evident. All men are created equal. Do y'all, uh, that they are endowed by their creator, by their creator, by our God. They are endowed by our, by their creator with certain unalienable rights, unalienable rights. You have unalienable rights, unalienable. They cannot be taken away. Nobody can take those rights away from you. That among these are life. Nobody can take your life away. Liberty. Nobody can take your liberty away. And the pursuit of happiness. Nobody can take away from you the inerrant God-given human right to pursue your own happiness. Nobody can take that away. Think about that. Do y'all understand what a remarkable revolutionary statement that was at the time? Think about who they were talking to. Think think about uh, talking to King George III. King George III was a divine right monarch. He didn't think you had rights that came from God. He thought the rights, all not just King George III, but all the, the divine right monarchs thought that rights flowed down to them and that they doled out the rights to you, the people. No, that's not the way it works. And the guys that wrote the Declaration of Independence, the, the people who wrote that document, knew that that wasn't the way it works because they knew that was inconsistent with the laws of nature and of nature's God. And so, yes, um, there is a lot that's in that. And if we get that and if we stick with that and we believe that and we live by that, think about that. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And, and nothing is nothing, everything, everything that we have, everything that we have created, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, everything flows out of that sentence. And to me, that is where we, that is all that we need to know. And so we should review these documents. Joe Biden should review these documents. 
You should review these documents with your kids. If you have kids and they're in school, I was talking with my kids about a history lesson. And uh, sometimes school is great, but they don't always teach them everything that they need to know. So um, it was just a fascinating exercise for me. And I hope you guys appreciate that. Um, and and it's not, it's not a coincidence that the first right mentioned in that sequence is life. Um, so... Much to think about there. Come back. Stick with us. We'll be right back with more Saturday Morning Coffee. We're going to be joined in the studio by John Goldman, candidate for Senate. And uh, after these words from our sponsors, we'll be right back with more Saturday Morning Coffee. Don't leave town. And more. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese means more coffee. Coming up next on Talk everybody welcome back to saturday morning coffee a little van morrison hope you're on the bright side of the road if you're not give us a call we will cheer you up we do that free of charge life's too short to be down get on the bright side of the road it's saturday morning it's a beautiful day outside you got a beautiful saturday in front of you i hope you guys are going to do something fun if you don't have anything fun to do come ride get your mountain bike out of the attic or out of the garage and come ride the hulk with us we're going to be doing that a little bit after lunch and uh, the ride after the show, 8.35 on your Saturday morning. It's a beautiful day outside. What's the temp, Glenn? We over we over 40 yet? Yeah, right now we're sitting at 43 degrees. We're heading out. And take a jacket. It will be at 46, but mostly sunny today. I mean, to the next three days, abundant amount of sunshine. Abundant sunshine. And we need the sunshine. I want to dry yeah, out. I, I want yeah. my friends in uh, Rosewood and Sacristy to dry out. I'm ready for some uh, dry weather. I'm ready for summer. And uh, speaking of summer, it's going to be a busy summer for our guest here in the studio. We're joined in the studio this morning by my friend John Gallman, who is running for state senate. John, uh, there's some things I could say about um, uh, <laughs> what the amount of sense it requires to run for the senate, and I speak from experience, my friend. <laughs> but anyway, I admire your courage, sir. I admire the courage of anybody who uh, is willing to step forward and put their name on the ballot, because, ladies and gentlemen. I support term limits, and you guys know that if you've listened to this program more than once. And term limits means that there must be a constant pool of constitutional conservatives who are out in the hinterlands grooming themselves for public office. That means you guys, you got to be getting ready, getting ready to suit up, dress out, get out on the field. Well, guess what? My friend John Gallman is getting out on the field. John, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Reese. I appreciate you having me in this morning. Yes, I sir. Just, for a point of clarification, I just want to clarify one thing. Yes. The only time I'm running, if the only time I'm running somewhere is if there's fried chicken <laughs> on a buffet line, <laughs> and, and, and then I'm not running, Reese. Uh, yeah. I'm, at, I'm at a dead sprint in that situation. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> you, know, you know, John, I run like the winded. Well, John, the good news is, and this is just one little piece of good news. You'll get a chance to do a lot, but uh, if if you are successful. Um, you will um, 
you will have, as a politician, you'll have plenty of opportunities to eat fried chicken. I'll never forget one day I was at a political fundraiser back when I was a, a younger man working as an intern over at the State House. And I was at a fundraiser, and I had the opportunity to uh, be around our, our, one, of our, one of the great uh, uh, scions of South Carolina politics. And I was standing in a circle, and none other than Strom Thurmond was in the, sucker, uh, in the, in the, uh, in the circle. And uh, Strom, apparently we were in, uh, at an event in Charleston. Uh, Strom had been in an event earlier that morning, I think, in, in Aiken. And in any event, he pulled out of his, I'll never forget this as long as I live, John, uh, he pulled out of his vest, out of his jacket pocket, his suit jacket, wearing a suit, a very, you know, res- I mean, very nice business suit, tie, you know, just like Str- you would imagine Strom Thurmond would be dressed. And he pulled out of his pocket, I'll never forget, the gentleman standing uh, beside him was, uh, um, who was standing beside Tucker Rescue. Tucker Rescue was the press secretary at the time for Governor Carol Campbell. Senator Thurmond pulled out of his suit pocket a napkin. And what it was is it was a chicken leg wrapped up in a napkin <laughs> that he had been carrying around all day. And he pulled it out of his pocket. And he held it up. And said, Tucker, Tucker, you want a chicken leg? <laughs> Tucker, you want a chicken leg? I got it this morning. <laughs> oh, man. So you're going to get plenty of opportunities to eat chicken. But, John, uh, we didn't come here to talk about Strom Thurmond. We came here to talk about John Goldman. Is, who is John Goldman? And, uh, and tell me a little bit about the man who is running for Senate. Well, great. Thanks, Reese. Uh, I would just surmise my life in in one statement uh, and i say this all the time i believe that we exist to serve uh, that we were put on this earth earth to serve other people i had a business coach that asked me about 10 years ago he said for what and for whom and for how long do you want your legacy to last john and i you know i thought about that question literally for two or three years for what and for whom and for how long do you want your legacy to last and ultimately i landed on uh, on, on a position of, I want to leave a legacy of serving other people. Uh, Dr. King would have said it this way, Dr. Martin Luther King, speaking of um, you know the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, and everybody created equally, uh, and the struggle that, we, that, we, that, that our country went through to get to that point, Dr., Dr. Martin Luther King would say it this way, Dr. King said, life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are we doing for others? And so to leave a legacy of service, and, and unfortunately, I think we've gotten in a situation in our country where people go into politics for their own, for their own self-interest. And, and so I think that it's time that we take back our, our, our politics um, so that we can position ourselves to be in a, in, in a place of service. If you want to be great uh, in this life, then, then service is, is how you become great, in my yeah. opinion. Well, that, that certainly resonates with me, uh, John. I don't know if you were listening to the intro of the show earlier this morning, uh, shortly after 7. I said, you know, kind of half in jest. But truthfully, once upon a time, they called it public service. You know, once upon a time. How do, how do in your opinion, how do, we, how do we get the service back into public service? Well, I would say two things. Uh, I'll, I'll speak specifically to, my, uh, to, to the seat that I'm running for, South Carolina seat, Senate 33, you know, that seat, uh, I committed when I launched my campaign to give 100% of my income back to uh, the community, back to our schools, back to our county parks wow. and recreation. I don't want to take one penny. I'm not going to take one penny. Mm-hmm. That being said, that job, to be very straightforward with you, which is all I know to do, it, it only pays a little over 10000 a year. Yeah, you're not. So I'm, it's, I'm, not, it's, not, it's not like I'm running down the yeah. road uh, with, the, with the windows down, throwing out dollar bills for 10 miles. You yeah. know, it's, it's, it pays $10,000 a year. Uh, the, really, I, 
you know, I think we need to get in a position where we can encourage other people. Uh, most people can't afford to run for an office that only pays $10,000 and, and you have to raise several hundred thousand dollars to get that opportunity to I, serve. I agree with that. I agree with that. And so, you know, one of the things that could be done right away is, uh, and again, I'm saying this as someone who is committed to no matter what the income is, I'm going to give 100% of that income away that I make as a state senator whether that income is 10000 or whether it's 60000 But certainly if you had a situation where the, the job was paying 40000 or $50,000 a year, you could encourage a lot more people to participate. Yeah. Unfortunately, right now, uh, really only those that, that are in a, a position to where uh, they are in a, a special circumstance, if you will. Most people can't afford to, to – raise a lot of money, spend a lot of money running in order to take a job that only pays 10000 yeah. a little over 10000 a year. Um, no, I, I actually agree with that, John. you got to be very careful coming on this show telling me you want to spend more money, but I actually agree with that. I think we should. You still have priorities. You still have things that government should spend money on, and I think we should, we should pay people enough. You know, the old adage in the law was back, you know, when I was, you know, it's still, I don't know if it's still the adage, but I'd heard many years ago, the thing to do, if you want to be successful in law, run for a state house and lose, you know, <laughs> and um, because you really don't make any money uh, at the state house in terms of salary. Now, the problem comes in where people try to translate the power and influence that they have at the state house into money. And that's where all the problems come in. And I think if you paid, actually paid people a living wage to work at the state house, that, that you might ameliorate some of that. You know, you still, you don't need to send bad apples to Columbia. That's rule number one. But you'd take care of some of that. But also, you should make enough serving at the state house. It is a 24-7 job. And you should make enough serving the people at the state house to have a living wage to be able, I mean, if you're a teacher, you should be able to run. If Absolutely. You're, if, you, if you're not independently wealthy, you should be able to run and serve because there's a whole voice out there that's excluded because most of us can't live on $10,000 a year. Right. That's, that's absolutely correct. Uh, you know, the reality is uh, in many cases, and this is not an absolute statement, but in, 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 in certain situations, people will parlay their position on the backs of the people for profit. Sure. Mm -hmm. And those days have got to end. We've got to put the people first and make the people preeminent and give the people the plaudits that they deserve and serve the people. And so that's that's why I threw my name in this in this race. And that's why I'm running is I'm running to make a difference, to serve other people. And to fulfill that call of a, it's to me, it's a legacy thing, in in terms of being able to serve my fellow citizens here of South Carolina and to try to make uh, our state better. Most of all, to make sure that we get the representation in Ori that we yeah. deserve uh, as a county that sends more money to Columbia than we receive back from Columbia. And what are and John, if you do get that opportunity to serve, what are the what are the issues that are important to John Goldman? How are you? What what kind of senator are you going to be, and how are you going to serve the folks of Ori County? Okay, so I would just summarize that in a really in a really quick statement then i'll give you three points but that i'm going to be a senator that gets the government out of the way and lets the people uh, and lets the people have the power instead of the government having the power you know last year there was a debate in in the on the on, on the house floor about um, permits requiring a permit to dig a hole in your yard and you know the government is there to protect the people not to rule over the people and so i would say you know, first of all, limited government, empowering the people. Uh, in particular, I think it's a, it's a tragedy in our state that we're in a state that has a Republican-controlled House, a Republican-controlled Senate, and a Republican governor, 
and we have a majority in the Senate, and we can't get a roll call vote on a heartbeat bill. And so, first of all, first and uh, foremost. I, I couldn't agree with you more, uh, John, and I want to talk a little bit more about that. Can you stick around for a few minutes after the break? Absolutely. Thanks, yeah. Reese. We'll, uh, we'll be right back with a little more with John Gallman after these words from our sponsors. You're listening to Saturday Morning Coffee. Don't leave town. I will stay with you. We'll make it to the other side like lovers do. Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, is now two full hours. More Reese coming up next on Talk 94.5. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour, two full hours on Talk 94.5. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice at the same old lies, if you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. Mm, yes, he is, ladies and gentlemen. He's a way maker. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Joined here in the studio this morning with uh, by John Gallman, candidate for uh, South Carolina State Senate District 33. John, thanks for sticking through the break with us. Thanks, Reese. It's good to have you with us. want to give a shout-out to Andy Thompson, who chimed in regarding our discussion with Ben Powell on the flooding issue and said, you know, there's uh, we don't seem to see large barges going up and down the waterway anymore. And we probably do, uh, as Ben and I discussed, do need to, to dredge the waterway, but really for navigation purposes as much as anything else. Um, so, John, I mean, Andy, thanks for uh, chiming in. And by the way, while I'm on looking at the uh, deplorables uh, texting in, Glenn, I had a bit of an epiphany last night. I, uh, you know, they talk about the text list of deplorables, and I think we need to come up with a more aggressive term for it's. It's a think about it. It's a passive term. Our group of deplorables. That means we've yeah. been we've been labeled, Glenn. Well, we've, we've been, been labeled. Yeah, we we've, been, we've been we've been we've been harmed. There's a tort. We've been violated. We could sue somebody. We've been labeled. And and, and you all can text into the PCRXcomputers.com yeah. text line eight four three seven nine eight eight two five five. Yeah, in we, touch with Reese. We love to hear from you. But I came up with a term, Glenn. Think. Of, tell me what you think about this. Cobra force. Cobra force. Yeah. Sounds like a flashlight that they sell on an infomercial. Yeah, they were the all Cobra Force eighteen ninety. Cobra Force. They were also the bad guys on GI Joe, but maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, you know, you know what Cobra Force stands for? I don't. I snake, Cobra. All right. Trivia. Trivia time over. Okay. Credulous boomer rube <laughs> army. <laughs> <laughs> Credulous Boomer Rube Army. I told you I'm not I'm not a fan of the word boomer. Somebody called me a boomer on Facebook. I had, to, I had to, that was when it was early. I had to look yeah. it up. What is a boomer? What is a boomer? Yeah. Anyway, uh, we're in the studio. We're in the studio with uh, John Goldman, who's joined us. And uh, John, just before the break, you were talking about the heartbeat bill, uh, and I think uh, struggling to get uh, traction in the Senate. I think we're trying to get uh, cloture vote in the. Uh, in the uh in the senate but and we've got a majority in the senate so t- give us uh, you were, i'll let you tell me what you were going to tell us about the heartbeat bill and w- what is the heartbeat bill not everybody may know that well great reese i mean the heartbeat bill in essence uh protects uh unborn 
uh, children when a heartbeat is detected. Uh, and the reality is right now, I believe we have a 27 uh, to 19 majority in the Senate. The bill's already passed passed in the House, and the governor said he's going to pass the bill. They'll, they'll put it on his desk, and we can't even get a vote in the Senate. And so, you know, I tell I tell my children all the time, reality is our friend. When you embrace reality, you can pivot off of whatever's going on in your life into the direction you need to go. Mm-hmm. You can adjust your life to fit the truth, and you'll find freedom. Speaking about this song, Chain Breaker, adjust your life to fit the truth, and you'll find freedom. Or you can adjust the truth to fit your life, and you'll find yourself in captivity and bondage. And the truth of the matter is we've got people that are Republican and name only down in Columbia. Mm-hmm. And the reality is we've got to replace those people so that we can pass a heartbeat bill to protect unborn children because I believe – Really, the issue of personhood, I believe, begins at the point of conception, Reese. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. I, th- I think it's very clear in Psalms 139 that, you know, your eyes saw my unformed body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Mm-hmm. God, God, dis- is, God is the author and the perfecter of life. How can anybody dispute that? That's I, it. I just don't understand. And I go back. I go back to the discussion that we were having before you joined us, John, in the studio, which is what was the what is the first right when this whole party started? When we started walking down this path of democratic self-government, little d, democratic self-government together, what is the first right? Life. Yep. Life, yep. liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You know, yep. one thing I didn't say, by the way, it's the pursuit of happiness. Nobody guarantees that you're going to be happy. True. But you get the unadulterated, unfiltered right to pursue happiness. Got a chance. Yeah. And, um, and uh, you know, it's interesting. Um, John, uh, I just, again, want to commend you for your courage in, uh, in putting your, your, yourself, your family, uh, as I have experienced. You don't just put yourself out there. You put your family out there. What else would you share with the voters? Anything, any final thoughts you've got for, uh, for voters who are interested in, in learning more about John Goldman? Yeah, so I would say this. I mean, you know, when you make a promise to repair our roads, and, and, and this is a big issue for a lot of people, and it's not just an ORI issue, it's all over the state. We've paid for our roads three times. And I sat in a restaurant a few weeks ago, and I ordered breakfast, and I told the gentleman that I ordered breakfast from, I said, listen, I'm not going to pay you for my eggs three times before you bring them to me. If you're going to require me to pay for my scrambled eggs three times before you bring them to me, I'm going to excuse myself from your restaurant and go to the restaurant down the street. Yeah. And in, in essence, that's what's happened. So, you know, obviously, uh, you know, speaking of reality, the reality is we were promised one thing and, and, and we got something else. And so, you know, the, those days need to come to an end. We need to, we need to be all – you know, there was a, a football player that played for the Seattle Seahawks, a running back, and, uh, and Marshawn Lynch. Mm-hmm. And he would go to interviews. Yeah. And uh, and they would ask him a question, and his answer would be, "I'm all about that action, boss." <laughs> all, all, everything they ask him, all I'm about, all about, the, I'm all about, about that. that action, yeah, boss. Yeah. And then they would ask him another question, and just to throw him up, throw him for a loop, he'd say, "Anybody got some skittles?" <laughs> you know. But we need to be about that action. We yeah. need we need to be about making things happen, uh, taking care of, of the promises that we promised to the people. So that's what I intend to do: um, working together, reaching across the aisle with other folks uh, down in Columbia to make that happen. Yeah. Well, John, I want to thank you for coming in. I want to thank you for uh, the willingness to step out, put your name on a ballot. That takes uh, great courage. Uh, uh, and uh, so I. I, I I admire you. I respect you for that. Thank you for your service and your willingness to serve. 
Uh, folks, how, how can that, how can folks find your campaign, John, if they want to get in touch? That's great, Reese. Uh, you can go to John Gallman for SC Senate 33 and like our Facebook page and all of our information's there. And I want to end by saying one thing, uh, that anyone can be great because anyone can serve. That was what Dr. King said. And I'm getting ready to leave here. I'm going to head over to New Covenant Church uh, right across the street from uh, Ocean Lake Campground. And we're going to be loading up in the back of my truck some supplies to take over and put on an 18-wheeler to send a tractor-trailer load of supplies to Tennessee. Wow. So anyone that can join us there, we need non-perishable goods, cleaning supplies, water, Gatorade. And then again, this Sunday night at Forestbrook Baptist Church at 6 o'clock, the students of Forestbrook Baptist Church have put together a project. They're going to be collecting items that will be put on this tractor-trailer, and we're going to load this tractor-trailer up on Monday, and we're going to take it over to our friends in Tennessee. Wow. Um, some 25, that have, there's been 25 deaths from these tornadoes that from went through Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. And, so. our, and our hearts do go out uh, to uh, the folks in Tennessee that have impa- that have been impacted by these tornadoes. Um, we've got friends in Nashville. Thankfully, they were all okay, but our hearts go out to those families that have suffered loss and particularly loss of uh, life, loss of family members. Thank you, John, for that. Thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you for coming into the studio. And folks, uh, don't hesitate to look John up. I want to say a word to uh, other political candidates. We've now had a couple of candidates on the show. Um, Just as a reminder, everybody uh, who's running for office, uh, you're welcome to get in touch. Uh, We invite you to come on the show and give uh, voters a chance. We'll give you a chance to speak directly to the voters through Saturday morning coffee because uh, we're not we're not uh, you know we're not selectively inviting folks everybody who's on the ballot is welcome to come and share uh, their their views their beliefs and so with that um, I'm going to thank you again John for coming in and uh, good luck to you in the race and uh, folks if you're interested in getting and learning more about uh, uh, the John Gallman campaign John give that web address one more time uh, you can go to my Facebook page John Gallman for SC Senate 33 and let me say, Reese, thank you so much for what you're doing to serve and to make our community a better place and to make people aware of what's going on in the Independent Republic, Independent Republic of Ori County. Thank you so much, and I pray that God will, will bless you and your family. Thank you, John. I appreciate that very much, and, and God bless you, my friend. And I want to say a quick word to our uh, school board members. I would love to hear from some school board members about the issue of recess, and I told Ms. Pat Miley that I would say something about recess. Ms. Pat, we're not going to have time today. But uh, I do. That's a topic I do want to get to, and I've had an epiphany on that subject. And I, if there's any school board members listening, uh, I'd like to talk to you about recess. So be in touch with me, folks. I want to remind you that you can catch Saturday morning coffee as a podcast. If you're not able, if you're not up on Saturday mornings early enough to to catch the entire show, I want to remind you that you can catch Saturday morning coffee in the Apple Podcast menu. Just search Saturday morning coffee in your Apple Podcast app, and it should come up. And we're also available on Google Play, so hopefully you'll catch us there if you're not up for the Saturday morning broadcast at 7 a.m. Let me leave you with this bit of wisdom from the Proverbs, Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. Y'all be blessed. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week for more Saturday Morning Coffee.